You're listening to 640 Toronto. It's the Kelly Cotrera Show. Thanks for joining me. Danny Stover is our producer. Gord Rennie is our technical producer. And you can find us uh, wherever you, uh, if you want, if you download the Radio Player Canada app, uh, you can take us with you wherever you go. You can find that wherever you download your apps. Favorite app store. Get on it. Don't want to miss a minute. Um, I love that you picked this song, Be Real, because that is the name of Gen Z's new favorite social media app. Here to talk about it, Chris Stedman, author of IRL, Finding Our Real Selves in a Digital World. Boy, that's a challenge. Uh, that book came out in October 2020, and he's our guest on the show. Chris, I'm so happy that you could join us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I have to agree, great song choice. <laughs> yeah. So it, this is this is a new, um, it's a relatively new so- social media platform. I understand that uh, it's seen bumps of about downloads of about uh, an increase of 300% over the last year. And it's mainly Gen Zs that are attracted to Be Real, probably because the rest of us haven't heard about it until right now when you're about to fill us in. What exactly is it? And what is it? What sets it apart from other social media outlets and platforms? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a millennial. I'm not uh, a Gen Zer. And so I have to be honest, um, when the first time I heard of it was last week when a writer for NPR reached out to me asking um, for my take on it. And uh, so I, of course, you know, decided to look into it and did find out, as you say, that it's very popular among Gen Z folks. um, And What's so it's I'll, I'll be completely honest when the writer described the app to me, my initial reaction was that it sounded like a challenge. Have you ever seen those saw horror movies where you have like two minutes to do this horrible challenge or, you know, you end up dying? Well, that was my reaction to this. It sounded like something that I, you know, you would you would have to do, um, you know, very quickly. And that sounded not very enjoyable to me, but. As I learned more, I came to understand the appeal. So if you use Be Real, basically at some random point during the day, you're going to get a notification saying you have two minutes to take a photo of what you're doing in that moment. And when you take it, it also takes a selfie of you. And there's no filters. You you can't change your appearance. You just have to post exactly what you're doing in exactly whatever state you're doing it. And I think the idea is, you know, a lot of people who use social media feel increasingly like it it feels like a space where they feel a lot of pressure to present themselves in a certain way a a more polished version of themselves and i think the idea of be real is that it encourages you to just post you know whatever you're doing however you're doing no matter how mundane it is no matter how sort of unmade up you might look uh, in order to give help users get a sense of the sort of you know fullness of everyone else's lives rather than the more sort of polished version that you might get on Instagram or something. When you first des- described it and were was saying that you're comparing it to to, you know, a scene from the movie Saw, I thought to myself, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, like that is what's what's so terrifying about it?" And then when you said you have 2 minutes to post, it doesn't matter, you know, no filters. I uh I looked at how old the oldest Gen Z it would be. It's 24. So that's about right. I think we know now why millennials and Gen Xers are avoiding it or maybe uh, haven't uh, taken to it yet. It's the fact that you won't have an, a, a lick of time to, you know, work on how you look. And we're so uh fixated these days with our appearance on social media and showing our best selves. I know you're that's what your book's all about and the and the stress it causes. I'm just wondering if Gen Zs have have realized at some point because I hear they're leaving TikTok as well. 
uh, maybe because everybody's grandparents are getting on it now and it's not the cool thing to do anymore. But I, I wonder if Gen Z finally realized, you know, wait a minute, we just need to live our lives. Like, I don't want to live it online. I, we've been locked away for two years. I actually want to live my life. Yeah. So, you know, I came of age online, you know, because I, I didn't grow up with the Internet. I'm sort of in the in-between generation, so I didn't have it when I was young. But then, um, you know, I, I did have it during sort of formative years uh, as I, you know, entered my sort of young adulthood. And, you know, I grew up in the age of sort of branding. You're supposed to have a brand. It's supposed to be really narrowly defined um, when it comes to your Internet presence. And I think that a lot of people especially younger people are kind of reacting against some of the limitations of that. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is as human beings, we've always been multiple selves, right? The person I am in this conversation with you right now is not the exact same person that I am when I'm talking with my mom or when I'm teaching my students or when I'm just hanging out with my best friend, all of these different versions of me make up the composite of who I am as a person. But online, we're expected to just be one person, and it's supposed to be a person that can be seen by any one of these audiences in our lives. And as a result, I think a lot of us feel pressure to reduce ourselves down to whatever the sort of safest, most narrow version of, that, of ourselves is. And I think that a lot of younger people especially are reacting against that and saying, mm -hmm. I, not necessarily that they want to fully go offline because, uh, you know, I don't think we're seeing young people totally divest from the Internet, but they're saying we want to use the Internet differently. We think the Internet actually can give us opportunities to explore the sort of various aspects of who we are. Um, and so, you know, I think for a lot of younger people, that's part of the appeal of this app. I think for people like me who maybe are never going to use Be Real we have already been using the internet in that way. Like I have the self I present on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever, but I also have group chats that I'm in, um, pri you know, private spaces where maybe I can be a little bit more, you know, fully myself, um, show some of the messier parts of who I am. Um, or a lot of people, when I was writing IRL, um, I talked to a lot of people who had Finstas, like a private Instagram account that was separate from the one that was associated with their name or alt Twitter accounts, spaces where they could maybe, yeah. you know, let, let the seams open a little bit. And so I think that this is kind of another version of something that people have been doing for a long time, which is using different spaces on the Internet to meet different needs that they have, um, including the need to be a little bit more, as we might say, real. I could see that, you know, there's some people like I know someone that, uh, you know, is a friend of mine and they have two different, they have a work, a work Twitter feed that I follow and they have, or Instagram feed and then they have their own Instagram feed that I follow. And it seems like there's fewer people on that personal Instagram feed and you feel like it's a little bit more authentic, a little bit more real, a little bit more raw. When it comes to those Gen Zs, disappointment posting, do you think the attraction to this, this new, a social media platform called Be Real, where you are invited along with your friends all at the same time uh, within a two minute time frame to post whatever it is you're doing at that time. No filters allowed. Uh, do you think that that uh, speaks to their desire uh, for getting involved in challenges? Because we've seen a lot of online challenges that are frankly dangerous in some cases or just st stupid that have been embraced by a younger generation. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have done the same thing and embrace them, 
Uh, so there's no judgment here. I'm just wondering if that appe- that's part of the appeal. Yeah, well, so when I started writing IRL, it really came from a place of, you know, I was going through a difficult time in my own life. But I found that I was continuing to post online as if it was sort of business as usual. And I wanted to dig into that tension and understand why it was that I felt that there were certain parts of my life that maybe weren't, you know, allowed online or things that I shouldn't share. And what I came, you know, so when I started the process, I was I was landing a little bit more on the side of the Internet is not a space where we can be ourselves, where we can feel fully human. But as I spent a few years interviewing people, reading research, investigating, I found that actually a lot of people use the internet to not only sort of express their authenticity, but actually expand it. Um, the internet can be incredibly freeing for people, especially in these sort of, you know, alt accounts or anonymous accounts or those kinds of things. And so I think Be Real is just another sort of expression of the ways that we can actually use the internet to exactly, as you say, challenge ourselves to mm-hmm go a little bit further in expressing who we are. And, you know, it's it's funny that I started working on IRL thinking that the internet maybe made me less human rather than more because the internet was the first space as an adolescent, you know, that I actually was able to come out as gay, you know, before I felt safe sharing that with other people in my life, I would bike to the library, mm-hmm. log on to the shared computer and find other people online who you know, I felt I could share that part of myself with. And so I think that, you know, the ways that we can actually use the internet to challenge ourselves to, you know, become more fully human than we were before. I think this is an example of this. Um, But ultimately, no matter how we use the internet, it, you know, what, what I think is the most important thing is that we're being mindful of what we're using it for and what needs we're trying to meet. And I think, be real, though I don't see myself signing up for it anytime soon. I think it's almost like an accountability tool for some people to say, yes, I'm going to use the internet for sharing some of the highlight reels. That's nothing new. We've always done that. You know, we have photo albums growing up that just show the the best moments of our childhoods. But, you know, if Be Real can help people be a little bit more accountable and challenge themselves to share some of the rougher edges of their lives, too, I think that's a positive thing. Yeah, I think I, I need to share this. Some some of our photo albums also share the most awkward areas of our childhood. <laughs> I don't know. I got some pictures well, sure, that I, I'm like, Mom, can you please burn those already? The, there was a perm in grade nine. Not us. <laughs> but yes, in that case, it's my mom's vision of what my childhood was, not the curation I would necessarily sure. do. But, but cu- curating is fundamentally human. It's something we've always done. We've always presented certain versions of ourselves. And I don't think that I think this idea that any kind of curation is inherently fake is something that we need to discard with our, you know, ourselves with from. But I do think that if we can use a tool that can help us challenge ourselves to also show other things that maybe we'd be less inclined to include in the curation, I think there could can be, be helpful. value in that because yeah. Chris, I got to leave it at that because I know that you host a podcast, so time is unlimited. By the way, I want to touch on your podcast, but I've got to get to a news update. Uh, Your podcast is called Unread. Our producer, Danny Stover, listened to the first episode, thought it was absolutely brilliant. It's a show about looking for answers in the digital breadcrumbs that people leave behind when they're gone. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. I hope to have you back again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a great day. Chris Dedman is author of IRL, Finding Our Real Selves in a Digital World.